Welcome to The Jeff Lerner Show, where we teach you how to create the awesome life you desire. One of the things I love about the modern economy, the world that we live in, is the variety of interesting ways that really the same story shows up. And the same story, I mean, person was kind of you know stuck or at maybe just playing the hand that they were dealt by and family and whatever. And then they come across these skills, these opportunities, essentially everything I sort of wrap up as like the new economy. Mm-hmm. And the, their life changes. This, this new like butterfly emerges, right? That's the story. And it shows up in so many different ways. And today's uh, guest that I, I want to introduce and talk about is just one of the more colorful and vibrant ways that that story has shown up that I've come across in a while. So it's, it's really, really cool. Um, and today we're going to meet a gentleman named Devon Brown, who I've met only in the last couple months. And he's going to talk about how, you know, affiliate marketing, and I, I shouldn't even say what he's going to talk about because it's his life and his words and his story. But I know there's some affiliate marketing in there. There's some like dating product creation in there. There's some like <laughs> hip hop dancing in there. There's like just so much cool stuff in there we're going to talk to, uh, talk about. Um, so if you're, if, you're, if you're looking for more stories of just how these skills actually translate into real results and, and radically non-traditional and super cool lives series is designed to be. Um, and we'll also get into the tactics and, and the how-tos of, of mechanically how he was able to do that, not just what he was able to do, but how he was able to do it. Um, so without further ado, uh, let's talk to Devon. Devon, how's it going, man? Jeff, thanks so much for having me, brother. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I, I actually didn't follow my normal format there. So if my, my, my intro was a little clunky. It was like, didn't follow the normal format. So my editor's going to like be pissed at me later and like, wait, where am I supposed to splice the intro? But I'm good. I'm flexed, uh, brother. We're good. Yeah. Art, art, art imitates life, right? It's always yep. messy. So, um, man, I'm just glad. I'm glad. First of all, that I met you, got to know you and that we're here and that we're going to get to share, um, my audience, what I is called Entre Nation, and basically my audience is is people that are you know at various stages of the process of embracing this new economy, mm-hmm. and what I think they're really interested in with us is like it's not a way, it's a way to create a, a holistic life. What I use the term awesome life, like life is meant to be awesome, and that like nowadays, I mean, for most of history. You could maybe argue that life was meant to be awesome, but realistically, like if you were a peasant working in a field in like the feudal system in 1200 in Scotland, working for the Lord, some dude comes along and says, yo, life is meant to be awesome. doesn't really do much for you, right? Because you're like, look, I have this, I have this pick and this shovel and this field and I'm going to get beat if I don't plow it or whatever. Now, (laughs) thankfully, we live in like where the tools exist too right Mm -hmm. and that's what i want to talk about is the tools that allowed you to transform your life but also what what built up to that because there's always a build-up right because these tools are out there for all of us and not everybody's using them so usually there's some build-up that gets people to a point where they'll use the tools and then obviously and then i want to get to talk about all the cool stuff that you've done and, and where you're going from there so perfect um does that sound good Awesome. Sounds great to me. <laughs> cool. Cool. So let's take a step back and uh, tell me, man, in, in whatever we feel moved to share, tell me a little bit about who you are and how you got here. 
Sure. Uh, so uh, like Jeff said, everybody, my name is Devon Brown. Um, I do a, a few things. Um, some of you, if, if I look at all familiar to you, uh, it may be because you've seen me on stage. I, I have had the pleasure of uh, being on stage and emceeing some of the biggest events in the internet marketing and personal development world. I've gotten a chance to be on stage with people like Russell Brunson, and, and which is where uh, Jeff and I met, and mm -hmm. uh, Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi and Brendan Burchard. And, and um, in addition to that, I've been in the internet marketing slash affiliate marketing slash home biz make money online space uh, since 2001 uh, is when I is when I first got started and so uh, you know I have, I have a bunch of people uh, who follow me online and, 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 and know me from the business world and are used to seeing me in a white t-shirt with my hat on backwards which is how I do all my content online this is my official uniform and um, then I have uh, people who know me from you know being on stage and, and being this kind of uh, I don't know MC hammer meets Tony Robbins meets Ryan Seacrest kind of guy. Uh, yeah. uh, at at events, and so it's it's a lot of fun that I that, that I get to do that I get to do both. Yeah, and I, I I'm glad you said that because I was feeling I didn't I didn't properly set up like how we got connected. We got connected because I, I mean when I when I first the, literally the first time I saw you you were larger than life mm -hmm. because all, although you were at roughly maybe I'm guessing what six one six two somewhere in there mm -hmm. in actual life on the screen that I was seeing you were like. 14 tall right. and there were 4,500 people freaking out right. and there were lights and there were rock music and and that was my, my first experience of you this is obviously a, a presents as a very different Devon but you know the, the energy is the same which I I'm confident is what is what has allowed you to be in those situations I mean it's just energy is energy right, right. and exactly. I suspect that in in the things that precede types of, of opportunities, whether it was affiliate marketing, creating courses, making, you know, making offers, probably shooting videos, obviously delivering training to a, a loyal following, all that kind of stuff. Um, energy and presentation and positivity and attitude. And there's just like, there's some intangibles that have clearly served you really well because they've gotten you all the way to that point, you mm -hmm. know, where you're, you're leading the charge of 5,000 people in person. But I suspect they, they, pay off, they pay dividends even when you're just sitting at home doing your stuff on the computer too. Yeah, it's, so, it's, you know, it's, yeah? It's, funny, it's funny that you should talk about energy and stuff. So quick background. Um, so my background is actually as a hip hop dancer. So um, I actually got my, my start uh, dancing in nightclubs, being a hip hop dancer with my crew and like battling other dance crews. So from the ages okay. of like 17 to 27, I was at a nightclub an average of five nights a week. So when I was in college at Georgia Southern University, I was the school mascot. I was one of ESPN's top 16 mascots in the country. Um, I actually did real well at school. I finished college when I was 20 um, and I was out every night clubbing and dancing. And uh, if you were to ask me, uh, especially as far as the MC stuff um, and, and even, this entrepreneur stuff where I'm making videos or giving content and stuff. Um, it, it's funny how whenever I, I would go out clubbing at night, the, um, the commodity that was of the biggest value was attention. So the goal when you go out in a nightclub, when we, when we did, um, was not to sit on the back and be a wallflower. It was simply to go in the middle of the dance floor, make a big giant circle of people watching us. And the, the larger the circle and the longer we held their attention, uh, the better the night was. That was, mm -hmm. that was the entire 
uh, goal was was just to simply do that. And it's funny that 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 has been that in teaching. I used to teach taekwondo as well, but that in teaching are probably the two biggest skills. Teaching five and six year olds are the two biggest skills that have translated into uh, the ability to, to to communicate and be on stage and and fun stuff like that. So that's kind of interesting. And um, when I talk about the variety of ways that this stuff shows up, I, my, I guess I'm, I'm alluding to the fact that we're not all the same. And I say we, I mean people, again, that have taken these skills, said yes to the possibility that they imply, and used it to create lives that, you know, I was shooting videos last week. And one of the videos I did was like sitting in a coffee shop. And I was talking about how there's people that like hang out at coffee shops. And then they get off, they get up and they drive off in the Maserati and you're like, what do these people do? Like, how does that work? It's like three in the afternoon on a Thursday. Shouldn't, shouldn't they, if they're going to drive a Maserati, shouldn't they be at a job? Right. But there's some people that pull that off. And I was like, you know, there's, that's kind of what I mean when I talk about the us and it's not about being rich and flashy and having fancy cars. It's just, it's more about the time freedom. Right. So when I say us and the variety of ways that this shows up, I, that was a long way of saying I, what I was trying to say was I'm a really sucky dancer. And so you and I are not the same because I would have held no attention at the club, um, that, those clubs anyways. I, I'm, this, I'm a terrible dancer, but it's interesting in your story, the commonalities that I'm hearing because I can actually say the same thing. From 17 to 27, I was in a club almost every night. I was performing as a piano player. I was a, a jazz pianist, played cocktail piano, weddings, dance dance clubs, you know, I, I was in the clubs. I was just in the band, not on the floor. Right. And, um, and, and I think that, you know, the performance, getting comfortable in your own skin, um, mm -hmm. you know, the, yeah. the comp being, being washed. I think that there's something that uh, for a lot of people that stops them. Cause I'm, I'm always trying to analyze what's stopping people. Mm. Why does anybody have our life? You know, like that's, because you see how hard life is for most people with the time and the commuting and the, the money problems and the grind. And even that term grind is like, mm -hmm. it's basically the fact that we use that word as like an acceptable term for life. It's like, I mean, I grind too, but I, 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 I grind like fun, you know? Right. And, and I'm just like, why don't, why doesn't everybody have this? That's probably the reason I created my YouTube channel in the first place. It's just, I just want to get this out to more people. But I think a lot of it is a fear. There's sort of a fear associated with the internet of like the transparency and the vulnerability, almost like the nakedness of people are going to be watching. And, and it shows up as like stories like, well, I don't want to be on the internet because some psycho will come stalk me or. Right. Devon, have you ever been stalked by a psycho? No, no. It's funny in the, in the uh, almost 20 years that I've been doing this, I think somebody has gotten the address from the bottom of my email, from me sending an email to my list, and sent a letter one time, like I think, and they sent you a letter, right? Like, and did it did it have anthrax in it? No, it did not. Um, okay, so, so like, so you're not gonna you're not it's you're not gonna be stalked. That's not yeah, a, that's I, not a valid excuse. I, I but think, it's more about fear of being seen. Yes, and, and fear of being and fear of being judged. Judged like if I if I knew that I was going to be seen. If my if my and this is, I think, part of healthy, having a healthy ego and being, being comfortable with myself, which I've had to grow into. But one of the biggest fears I think that people have is this fear of being judged, is this fear of being not enough, right? And so for you to put yourself out there 
and then have the world say you're not good enough. Because, you know, people on the internet can be mean. Like, people on oh, the yeah. internet can be, if you put a YouTube and somebody disagrees with what you're saying or something, people can be assholes. Like, and so to sit there and be able to say, I'm going to put myself out there because it's what the voice inside of me is asking me to do. That is my job. Like, I fully believe that your purpose of being here is to sing the song that's inside of you, right? To sing it out fully. That's why you were put here on this earth, to be the best version of you that you can be and to sing that song that is inside of you the loudest that you can sing it. And for me, it was funny. I was listening to a personal development CD back in like 05, and um, the guy on the CD, I forget who it was, he asked the question, he says, um, I'll make you a deal. I'll give you $10 million a year uh, and I'll deposit the $10 million January 1st of every year. The catch is that you have to spend 60 hours a week doing something that you love so much that you would do it for free. You've got three seconds to answer, what's the answer? And he said that and the instant answer that came into my heart was, MC Hammer meets Tony Robbins. That was the thing that popped into my head. Or I'm sorry, my heart, excuse me, I should say. MC Hammer meets Tony Robbins. And then my head went on to say, but Devon, that's not a thing. Again, this is back in 05. My head said, Devon, it's right. not a thing. Like nobody is, what, what do you mean MC Hammer meets Tony Robbins? You mean to tell me that you're going to be on stage in front of thousands of people dancing one second and then teaching personal development the next? That's not a thing, Devon. Go be realistic. People were going to judge you for that. People are going to make fun of you for saying that. My heart gave me the answer umpty five years ago, but it took me years to have the courage to say, okay, yes, I'm going to sing that song. Because I was so scared of being judged and I was so scared of failing with it. It was easier to be realistic, notice the quotes, right. and to play it smaller. I'm like, I'm, I'm actually like moved to the point of having like that well that that backfilled feeling of like wanting to like tear up because I made a decision and I said it three years ago and this this interview is about you not me but I just want to share this because please, you just please. totally hit a vibration I made a decision three years ago that I was going to do this crazy thing then literally it was I was going to combine Tony Robbins and Russell Brunson and I was going to turn internet marketing education into a laboratory to grow where people to truly grow the best version of themselves and deal with all the other shit that has nothing to do with money and has nothing to do with business. And it was like a, a biz op slash personal development education company. Mm -hmm. But that's not a thing. You pick your lane and you're, you're kind of one or the other. And if you want to do both, you do what Russell does and you bring Tony into your events. And I'm like, no, I want, I want us to do the place that I want us to be the place that's, that's both at the same time. Right. And, and I, and it, yeah, and it's, it's been, and, and the amount of, and when I started, I started going online with the, I knew I was going to get around to selling marketing and business education, but I went online to change the conversation and change the energy with all personal content for like nine months and didn't sell anything. And the amount of hate and attacks and, mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I'm not, I don't, I, this is my own stuff, but I don't think I'm as good looking as you. So like I'm getting comments on my videos. It's like, man, it must be really hard to make videos when you're missing a chromosome, stuff like that. And it's like, fuck man. Yeah. I, we did it. We did it. 
We didn't, we, it's not because we weren't scared and it's not because things don't hurt, but it's because there's just something inside you that just wants it more. Yeah. I will tell you the, the biggest thing to play off of that is that I used to be horrible at getting dates. Like I used to, I used to go, so I'm six, two, I'm about 185 pounds right now, which is, which is fine. Uh, weight wise. When I graduated from college, I'm six, two, when I graduated from college 20 years ago, I'm 40, just in case you guys are wondering. Um, I, uh, I was six, two and one thirty seven. All right. Oh, wow. I used, yeah. I used to have to like run around in the shower to get wet. I hated my weight. Like I, it, that's it, like, that's like sitcom skinny. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, toothpick glasses. It's like legit. Right. It's, and so that affected so many parts of, of my self-confidence and who I was like, I would be out dancing in the club and a cute girl would come up to me and I would be, uh, I'd be like, thanks, you're pretty. And I just run away. And cause I didn't, I was like, why would she be interested in me? And the one thing that I, I, I got sick and tired of that I think to, 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 to piggyback off what you were saying was I, I got so sick and tired of regret. Mm. I got so sick and tired of the feeling of, man, what if I had gone up to that cute girl at the club? Man, what if I had gone to the gym today, which I know that I'm supposed to? What if I had, what if I had, what if I had, what if I had, and I just got so sick and tired of living in regret that eventually I got emotional enough. I was like, fuck this. I got to go do something. I'm just going to go run towards my goals as quickly as possible. I don't, because it can't hurt anymore than just living with this feeling of regret and what ifs. So, yeah. So, you know, I suspect listening to this, I, you know, I imagine myself outside this conversation and I'm, I'm sure I'd be going, yeah, yeah. Like that's, you know, I, I remember that for myself or I, I resonate with it. I mean, this is like, I feel like we're describing just like a core element of the human condition. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This isn't just a Jeff Devon thing, right? right. Like, and, and yet something, and so I'm, I'm always looking for the, again, the formula. Like, I feel like my job as an entrepreneurial evangelist who's selling business education packaged with personal growth and life transformation is like, find the formula Mm -hmm. so that I can bottle it so that everybody can drink it. Right. And so if I'm looking, you know, using what we have here as a little, a pair of case studies that seem to have some overlapping threads. So there's like the insecurity, the, the regret, by the way, I, I tell people all the time, I don't believe in regret because mm -hmm. allowing regret is acknowledging that there was something wrong and I didn't take steps to change it then, which maybe I did at one point, but now I won't accept that anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's like, insecurity, theories or feelings about regret, um, some sort of shame, even physical body shame. Um, and, and, but there's also, but then there's like, we pushed through it. We came right. out the other side. And, and so performance, we put ourselves out there. We made ourselves put on a show probably in some way. Tell me if you resonate with this. Cause I know when I was a musician, I remember and I'm like painfully introverted by nature. And I remember there was a time in my life when it was like music is actually how I'm able to connect with people because I can't actually connect with people. Was dancing for you a way of getting out of your, your fear at least and feeling something with people? Yeah, honestly. So I'm, I'm extroverted by nature. Um, okay. And so, but, but what it, what it allowed me to do, and that's a quick story, um, and I'll tell you the short version of it. I'm, uh, uh, the year after I graduated from college, I went back down to visit. And um, long story short, this girl comes up to me who was beautiful, who I had never seen before. And she says, Devon, 
Um, I, 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 I'm a senior this year. I know you just graduated last year. I used to see you at this club, at this club, at this club, at this club. I, you know, uh, um, and there's something I've been meaning to tell you for the past three years. And I'm thinking to myself, tell me you want to marry me because you're beautiful. Uh, but that's not what she said. She said, um, every time something was wrong at home or I would get in a fights with my roommate or I would do bad on a test or anytime I was, I was just feeling down. She says, I would come to the clubs and I would watch you dance. And if only for a few minutes, all the bad stuff would go away. And I just wanted to say thank you. And to this day, it's the, it's the greatest compliment I've ever received. And so to answer your question, I think what it, what it, what it, what it gave me was, like I said earlier in the, in, uh, on, this, on this call, I think our job, our mission while we're here is to sing the song that's inside of us as loudly and as fully and as purely as we can sing it. And at that point in time, that was a song that was inside of me. I didn't know what I was doing or why I was doing it, but I was just singing that song that was inside of me. And that song had the effect. And so what it allowed me to do was it allowed me to, even though I didn't realize it's what it was, it allowed me to live life and feel life at its fullest by giving myself permission to just express that which was inside me so fully. So, Okay. Yeah, that, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting that whether it's for an introvert and an extrovert, it's still the same. It's right. about wanting to be seen and felt mm -hmm. as our most authentic selves, you know, oh, wow. in, our, in our true voice singing our true song. Whether for me, it was the only way I knew to bridge to people, or for you, it was the most authentic way you knew to bridge to people. Right. It, it, it's still the, kind of two shades of the same thing. Yep, absolutely. Um, and, and I got to think that there's probably something about that part of our formative development that translates into success with these new skills, Yeah, you know, because, and it's interesting. I think you was affiliate marketing where you started online. Uh, yeah. MLMs were where I started. So, you know, there, there's similarities there, but MLMs were like, a, that's like affiliate marketing with a whole bunch of baggage. Basically. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. And, and I was always trying to do affiliate mark. I was always trying to do, um, uh, uh, MLMs, but internet MLMs so that I wouldn't have to go and do the traditional MLM stuff. I was always trying to, you know, right. find a shortcut. So yeah, I started with, um, anything that was business opportunity, MLME, um, but I could try to figure out how to do online. That's what I started with back in, back in 01. And so it's interesting. Yeah, and it's interesting how many people, I mean, you, you come out of that. You mentioned Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins' origin story was, you know, interning or janitoring or depending on the version of it for Jim Rome, who was basically the guru trainer to, among many companies, like a ton of MLM stuff, right? right? I mean, that was still that same MLM networking, get yourself out there sphere. And, and it bred Tony Robbins. I mean, it's bred... It bred, I, I happen to know that, well, even Robert Kiyosaki grew out of that space. Um, Jack Canfield, I just happened to, I happened to hear him speak once and he came out of MLM. Like, there's something about that sp and space and, and it's funny, like people start there, but then if they really succeed, they don't stay there a lot of times, Very true. right? Very true. But, you know, I'm, I'm trying to weave the common thread here where, so you started in MLM, you were pursuing how to make money online, you started with affiliate marketing and my guess is because I feel like there's two parallel energies and paths that have to occur for people to kind of come out in the promised land. One is this, this, this personal growth path of like, I'm, I'm putting myself out there. I'm doing a non-traditional thing. I'm suffering the slings and arrows of judgment 
Shirley, people around me. Yes. I, I, I got to imagine you had some people that were like, yes. dude, just oh, graduate God. college, get a damn job. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But there's also this path of like, it's like where the real work gets done. Like you can't, you don't make, nobody's going to pay you just to be a highly evolved person. Exactly. Like you got to like market and sell it, right? And so, so, so what was going on for you at a technical level? Like the, you know, what are you doing eight hours a day to start to put this stuff together? Right. So for me, my journey kind of went like this. Um, so I graduated from college and, uh, uh, decided that I, I graduated at the top of my class and I was a sport management major and I was going to be a sports agent. And I had a job offer, potential job offer with the NBA up in New York at their headquarters, but you have to interview for this job for four months. And I made it through all of the interviews and I got to the last one and I bombed it on purpose because I was like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and make a million dollars in wow. the next six months. And um, two years later, I ended up filing for bankruptcy. Um, so... Wow. I, uh, I did two things uh, job-wise because I had to make money. Was I, I taught Taekwondo because I have a third-degree black belt in Taekwondo. Okay. And um, I sold cars, which, funny enough, is one of the mm. greatest jobs I've ever had from a skill set learning perspective. Like, if you had a chance to go sell cars, go sell cars for six months. You will learn so much. And so I'm selling cars, and I'm, and I'm teaching Taekwondo, and I'm um, taking the money that I get from my paycheck. I'm still living with my mom. And I'm taking the paychecks and I'm trying to dump it into these, these, these different business opportunities. But the biggest challenge, and I didn't realize this at the time, but I've seen so many people do it. And it's what I teach so many of my students and clients now. The biggest challenge was that I went into these things, speaking of, of tactics and, and specifically how to, I went into these things listening to the stories that people told, right? I made, you know, $2,000 in a single week. And because I would listen to somebody's testimonial, my brain said, oh, well then, if I don't make $2,000 within a week, then it's not working and I've got to go on and move to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And so I would take my money and I would invest it in something and then I would try it for, you know, a couple of weeks or best case scenario, a couple of months, wouldn't get rich. And then I was like, oh, this isn't it. Let me go try something else. This isn't it. Let me go try something else. This isn't it. Let me go. And I went through this, just this, this constant a uh, 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 cycle of new thing, excited, try it for a few weeks, don't get rich, quit. New mm. thing, excited, try it for a few weeks, don't get rich, quit. And in 2005, do you know who uh, Matt Basak is by chance? No, I don't think I do. Anyway, he's an internet marketer guy. In 2005, I, I was like, I put out there to the universe. I was like, you know what? I, 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 need, I need help. I, need, I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And what, what I was doing wrong is that I wasn't being consistent. Um, right. But, um, I, I, long story short, I ended up getting a job uh, with this internet marketer guy who was doing quite well, and his name was Matt Basak. And I went and I ended up being his top phone sales guy. And I got to be in this environment where I watched somebody who was doing multiple six, seven figures mm -hmm. um, a year online. And I got to see behind the scenes and be a part of it behind the scenes. And I understood that, oh, this is work, this is effort. This is consistency. This guy took the time to build his, he, you know, he's got his niche market. He selected what he wants to do. He's built his niche or his list, excuse me. He communicates with them on a regular basis. He adds value to people's lives, right? He offers them stuff to buy. He doesn't consume everything. He sells right. more than he consumes, right? And it's something that he's consistent. And so I worked with him for about two and a half, three years. And then when I came out on the other side, I was like, oh, now that I've seen it, I have the ability to go and implement it myself. 
So it's kind of so. So and that's interesting. I I don't know the name. I got I didn't get started online till two thousand end of two thousand eight. Mm -hmm. So heck, he was probably retired by then. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that is that is it is crazy how many guys kind of hit you know coming around and they're here for a few years and then it's not like they failed. That it's that they literally retired. Yeah. That's why I stopped hearing about them because like, like I mean, dude, when you make ten or twenty million dollars, like you don't have to, you know, you can go do different things. You can like, you know, take up parasailing or whatever, right? So, but anyway, it's so again, looking for the commonalities. I don't want to be so reductionist and, and narrow as to suggest that anything that you and I have in common there, therefore represents the formula. Right. That would that would be a little like a little arrogant, probably. But I will say there's some uncanny similarities that I, that it's not just that, Oh, we have that in common. It's that at least for me, you're saying some things that are triggering for me, things that I know were a part of why I was been able to get the result that I've gotten. And so I'm, I want to bring them out and ask you if you think they are for you too, because maybe they're, maybe they are part of a formula. Um, first of all, you talked about sales, mm -hmm. forcing yourself to go through the the grist mill of selling for some period of time not the most fun thing certainly it's plagued with lots of hard days and bad days at least in my experience but you how long did you say you sold cars for so i sold cars here's the kicker i sold cars for six months and then i quit because i wasn't very good at it but then i had uh several months off almost a year off and then i started thinking to myself oh that's what those old school car guys were trying to teach me. Because I stepped away from it, I could then see what I was doing wrong, that I couldn't see when I was inside of it. And I was like, man, if I just get another chance. And so I called the car dealership every day, like, or like every, every, like twice a week for like three right. months. And I was like, let me back in, let me back in, let me back in. And they finally let me back in. And I went from a bottom five guy to a top five guy my second time around. So the first time I did it for about six months and didn't do well. The second time I did it for about a year and did well. And the only reason I quit was because I said, you know what, I'm making good money at this. I'm going to get sucked in and do this forever if I don't leave now. Mm. So, okay. I interest, man, I, I feel like I'm just drawing all kinds of connections here. I, almost like irresponsibly. That's why I keep wanting to come with you and be like, is this accurate or am I just making assumptions? So, your first time around, let me ask you, mm -hmm. the fact that you're naturally an extrovert and that you're naturally gregarious and people are not threatening to you, did you have it in your first go round, did you just sort of naturally default to like, hey, I'm good with people, I'll mix it up, sales will happen? No, I was terrified. Uh, real talk. I okay. was terrified. I was terrified of doing everything wrong. I was terrified of, and so I didn't let that part of me come out and I didn't, okay. does that, and so that's part yeah, of it. Yeah. I did so crappy the first time around. It's so funny you should say that because the second time I remember, um, uh, the second time around when I came back, it was one of the very first people that came on the car lot my second time back. And I went up to them and I was like, hey guys, just let you know, we're doing buy one, get one free today for all cars. And I turned around and I walked away and they were like, wait, what? And I was like, just kidding, I'm Devon, nice to meet you. Of course, we're not doing that. And that level of comfort with my extrovertedness itself and being able to own it didn't come until the second time. I sucked the first time. Okay. So, so you were, so it was literally paralysis by analysis yes. or, or sabotage yes. by, by self. 
Man, yeah. okay. So I don't know. Do you ever come across that with your students and clients in, in internet marketing? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, right. Me too. Like they're not, there's, you could fill a, an ocean with the list of actions that they aren't taking because they're afraid of doing them wrong. Correct. And, and so often, here's the thing is that, that, that students compare, like my students compare themselves to me, right. but that's not a fair comparison. Like that's like, I'm the exception, not the rule, right? Just because I've been doing it for, for as long and your students, I'm sure, compare themselves to you. That's not a fair comparison, but I get to compare my students to the broad swath of people. And so I have a more realistic view because I'm looking at it from, from, from back here. And so um, what I find uh, with regard to my students, I'm like, first of all, your perception of reality is way off. You can't be comparing yourself to me. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's, that's number one. Number two, I got to where I got to because I went through what you're going through right now. And eventually I decided to say, hey, I'm just gonna own me and do me and not be scared and focus. And here's the thing, this is one of the biggest things, one of the biggest pieces of advice that I can give that I've, I've ever heard from myself so often. Like what we know about achieving things and success is that we know that success is, uh, if you've read the book, um, Slight Edge by a guy named Jeff Olson. Yeah. Right? Jeff says, Success is nothing but a series of, of, of small actions taken consistently, right? But so often we are concerned with the end result and the fear of rejection or the fear of not getting the end result that we refuse to even take the action. Therefore, I stopped making my goal the end result. Like, so when I went on my weight gain journey and I went from 155 pounds to 185 pounds in three months, I stopped making my goal to gain 30 pounds. I instead made my goal to just go to the gym and work out today. That was it. Like, I was like, did I go to the gym and work out today? If I did, I win. Screw what the scale says. Did I take the action that I know I'm supposed to take? F the result. Let me just mm -hmm. take the action and get in the habit of taking the action. I, if I'm supposed to make, if I want to sell cars, I know that if I say, if I, uh, say hi to 10 people, three of them will come back and one of them will be a sale. So I'm not worried about the nine who rejected me. I'm just trying to get through 10 people as quickly as I can and focus on that mm -hmm. daily action set because I know that will yield me one sale a day and then I know I'll reach all my goals. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love that you said that. I, I think about my, even, even my journey with YouTube. Mm -hmm. You know, I've mm -hmm. been, a, it, it, well, yeah, you actually said so many things. That, first of all, I, even before I say that, I wanna, I wanna reiterate. You said that it's not right for people to compare themselves to you Probably at least unless they've actually doing this for 20 years. Because you started right, 2001. Exactly. You and I can compare ourselves to each other. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I started in 2008 and, and I'm considered like, he's one, you know, he's one of the elders. He's been around a while. But you started 2001? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like starting in, you know, farming in like 40,000 BC. <laughs> I mean, the internet, we, we have, people haven't been doing these things that long, you know, right. and I know some guys that kind of started kicking it around in the nineties and I'm not, I'm, I'm talking, you know, list building, le leveraging these technologies in, in a commercial, you know, way, essentially the early, the influence of online sales funneling. Right. You know, that's, that's basically a 20 year paradigm, 20 to 25 years, maybe. Right. And you're, you're clearly, you know, you were in it very early. I got in it gratefully early but it's you know the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago second the second best, best time. right yeah and so it's this isn't like oh well shit i missed i missed the boat i did 
you, that people, I think the internet has distortedly corrupted people's thinking because it's, you know, the internet is sort of correlated with fast pace and the information superhighway and everything's accelerating and Moore's law and all this stuff that everybody thinks if it doesn't happen now, it's not really going to happen. Right. You've been doing this 20 years. How long did it take you to meet Tony Robbins? Um, face to face. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I bought his course a long time ago. Yeah, I bought his course a long time ago. Uh, yes. let me think. So I started in 01. I filed for bankruptcy in 03. I didn't make any good money because I was pigheaded, didn't listen to anybody, and I wasn't consistent until 07, 08. It took me seven years, by the way. Okay. I wouldn't listen to the stuff that we're talking about now. Right? Or I would kind of hear it and be like, that sounds great. Then I would just go not change my habits. Um, the right. first time I met Tony Robbins was 20, I was on stage, I'm seeing an event. So 15, maybe 16. Okay. So it took you 14 or 15 years. Yeah. Uh, good. That, that was my point. Like, yeah. and people are like, well, he, he, he knows Tony Robbins. I can't oh. do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, I've been, I've been doing this 12 years. And I've, I've, you know, I've built a great life for myself. I didn't meet Russell Brunson until like four weeks ago. You know, it's like, it's people have, they see the pictures and they, they see the lifestyle and they just, oh, it's so, it's so terrible. I think the way the, the internet has simultaneously created the opportunity and it's also sabotaged people from taking yes. advantage of it. I a thousand percent uh, agree with that. Yeah. But I, so the other thing that jumps out at me, you mentioned martial arts. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, your third degree black belt in Taekwondo, that didn't happen overnight. Um, you were a skinny kid. You probably got your ass kicked a lot of times in a lot of ways to earn that. Is that true? Yeah. And so, I mean, I was lucky that my personality kept me from getting my ass kicked. But okay. uh, ass kicked in the sense that, that yeah, well, so I'll tell you, it was, my ass kicking was a lot more psychological. And it was a lot more the ass kicking that I placed on myself from not liking myself and not being confident in myself. Well, yeah, to say I'm going to go be an elite athlete. Right. When I think of myself, when I have a scrawny self-image, mm -hmm. yeah, you had to overcome a lot, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So it was funny. It was if you when you put me in the ring, um, there, there's you have uh, forms. When we would go to competitions, you would have forms to see how pretty your stuff is, and I would always excel. But then when you do the fighting, it was like, oh, this guy weighs more than me. He's going to automatically win, and so I would lose a lot of matches that I should have rightfully won um, if I didn't kick my own ass with regard to to my self-image. So how long did you study Taekwondo seriously? Um, so let's see, I, 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 I started when I was a kid, but then I restarted uh, freshman year of college. Okay. I got my first degree black belt when I graduated from college. So it took you four years. Three or four years, yeah. yeah okay, so, so I don't, uh, I'm also not a martial artist. I've, I've been in one fight in my life and I still have the scar in my lip, it didn't go well. Um, but I love the gym. I love lifting weights and I'm like genetically not a strong, super athletic guy, but I just love, for me, I actually like putting he like heavy, taking heavy objects and trying to move them against gravity. Like it's so like, like brutish and just not like, not masculine, but like just almost like dull. That works. But it's just, the, it's the law of the farm at work. Mm -hmm. Like plant the seed, water the seed. Right. Give it light do the work, you know, the, the Buddhists call it chop your wood and carry your water, right? 
And I love that. And I've trained, I've been on and off in the gym uh, with real seriousness and intensity for decades. And so again, I'm wondering if, because you think about what it really takes, you know, what are the, the people we know that kind of do really well with this new technology? There's kind of this weird blend of like super intense levels of discipline, mm-hmm. comfort with putting themselves out there in a really raw and vulnerable way, um, a willingness to get into the technical weeds and kind of push through frustrations and learn you know, now you don't have to learn coding. I mean, by the way, if you were doing this back in 2001, you were having to learn some serious tech stuff that is all way easier now. It's a thousand times easier now. Actually, I actually had to outsource that because I suck at it. I suck okay. so bad that I just had to but, learn. But still, the, the instinct, the confidence to say, I, I need to do this. I can't do this, but I'm going to invest money that I really don't have to get somebody right. else to do it for exactly. me. And trust myself enough to supervise and quality control it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's this weird blend of 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 traits that again seem to lead out the other side and what i want to suggest oh oh, and by the way having some period of time where you're forced either by choice or circumstance into a period of of selling you know learning sales for me it was i started a company with my buddy i was a pianist he was a bartender we started a company in like 2002 where every summer we would go door to door in these college towns and sell these little coupon cards to the local business owners. And I mean, if you want to make your, if you want to get your, like psychologically get your face pummeled in, try walking into like a Domino's in Stillwater, Oklahoma in the middle of the hot summer and talking to the owner who's back baking pizza in an oven. And is frankly kind of pissed because he grinds away to make, 40, you know, $60,000 a year, but he has a $250,000 bank note that he's still paying off because owning franchises ain't what it's usually sold as. And telling that guy that, hey, I know, you, I know I'm some kid from out of town, but I need uh, $400 to put your coupon on this card. And do that 20 times a day. Mm-hmm. These surly business owners who hate salespeople. And do it all summer when it's 100 degrees. And I mean, just, I had this, this, this crucible that I was forged in, you know, that's similar to your car sales experience. So again, it's like, it's sales, it's putting yourself out there and almost in like a performance way, it's pushing through the technical frustrations and, and, and whatever. Anyway, these common threads that we're kind of finding here, I'm going to suggest that they really probably aren't just you know, a good strategy for like, let's say being successful as an affiliate marketer, selling your own products or embracing the new economy. I think if you were going to go into real estate, Mm -hmm. I think if you were going to go into selling insurance, I think if you were going to go into financial services, I think if you were going to go into really any of the industries where there's a whole lot of money to be made, heck, if you were going to go into MLM, Mm -hmm. I actually think this same blend would, would be a, would be possibly a success formula. I think it, I think it absolutely is. I think, you know, it's so funny. The, 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 the niche or the industry is more often than not, in my opinion, irrelevant. The formula is still applicable. It's like, once you understand, like, so the, here's a formula that I personally use to achieve a lot of the goals that I, I want to achieve. The first thing I do is I get, I find myself getting emotional about what I want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause emotion for me is it, like, so when I think of how, much I hated being skinny, right? And how much and like all the the, the, the the bad quote unquote things that happened because I hated myself being skinny. I got myself into an emotional tizzy. 
that emotional tizzy, that energy was a good thing as long as it's directed the right way, right? Feeling some kind of way about something is a good thing. If you take that energy that you're feeling, you direct it in a positive uh, 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 direction. So the first thing I do is when I want to achieve some certain goals, I get emotional about it. Either I, I really inflate the pain that I'm feeling, exaggerate the pain, or I exaggerate the pleasure that I'm going to feel when I get what I, when I want to feel. And I want to get emotional so that I can do step two. And step two uh, is I want to take what I call a positive emotional action. So I'm feeling this emotion, this high emotion. And then what I do is I say, okay, if I know that success is a matter of being consistent and doing, you know, eating one bite of the elephant every day, then what I need to do, and because I, I, I know it's really easy to take bites of the element when you're, elephant when you're emotional, but then it's not as easy like, because that kind of wears off and then we right. go back into our old habits. And what I do is I say, okay, well, I'm going to set this up so that the pain of not doing my daily task I know I'm supposed to do hurts more than the pain of doing it. So if the goal is to go to the gym, for example, I'll say, okay, if I don't go to the gym today and I don't post it on uh, Facebook, then this bad thing is going to happen. And I do that while I'm, while I'm emotional so that I don't back out of it. Right. So I say, I'm going to go to the gym and guys, I'm going to go on Facebook. Hey guys, if I don't go to the gym today, I'm going to donate a uh, hundred dollars to this political campaign. That is the exact opposite of everything I believe. Right. <laughs> and so now I'm putting myself out there. The other thing I did was I said, okay. Um, I, I actually went to a, to the trainer at the gym and I said, Hey, um, I printed out this workout uh, for three months. Here's the money for three months. Here's the workout. I don't need you to do anything. Just make sure that I, we fill in these spaces for the workout. There's no right. excuse. All I have to do is show up. And so those are the kind of actions that I take that set myself up for success. And the third thing I do is that I, um, I, and this is what I think all of you need to do. Here's the great thing about where we are today as a society and the internet and stuff. Like I always use the example, like back in school, if you were to look at the person's test next to you, uh, that's called cheating. And then you would get in trouble for that. But here in the real world, like cheating is a good thing. Like Right. Get as close to the smartest kid in class as you can and just look and have them pay them if you have to, to have them tell you the answers. Right. Just copy whatever is doing. Like I, when I was younger, I was like, I graduated college when I was 20. I'm really smart. I don't need to listen to anybody. That was really dumb because people were trying to give me the answer the whole time. And so, um, and then, yeah, and last but not least, once I saw copycatted my way, I'm copying something that I already know works, right? I'm copying a formula. Right. Um, copying Jeff's formula for getting great at YouTuber or whatever, right? Or uh, uh, copying, you know, Russell Brunson's formula for building a funnel or whatever. I've set myself up to to make it so that if I fall off, then it's going to cause me more pain than if I just keep going. And in order to do that, I got emotional about it. So that's a little formula that I use to to make sure I'm on the right path to setting goals. And then last but not least, like I said earlier, I don't. I focus less. I mean, I, I keep the end in mind. And I keep from a law of attraction perspective, I always like feel the feeling that I want to feel, mm -hmm. but I'm flexible in my approach. I know that it's not always going to unfold the exact way I want it to unfold, but if I just trust the process, then I'll be good. So you know, it's, it, this is, this is so cool for me to hear. Cause I, I, I love, like I have all these conversations in my own mind and it's, you know, partly because of my background and being, being bullied and feeling kind of ostracized and, um, I, I tend to go into a place of like, I'm a real weirdo. Mm -hmm. You're making me feel less weird. Awesome sauce. <laughs> because I do some of the same crazy stuff, um, like about putting yourself in situations where there's price tags to not following through. And, 
and, and really like operating on principle to a fault mm-hmm. where like, I remember, like I always talk about, I hate people who ref. I, I shouldn't say I hate people. That's like you, hopefully this video doesn't get flagged. Cause I said, I hate, people. <laughs> I, I, I hate the underlying psychology because I think that it hurts people of like the, give me my money back mentality. Right. Like, like I didn't give it my all. So let me just get my money back and go on to the next thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm always ranting about refunds. Like, man, we had this guy and he, he, he didn't even go through a step. And then he, you know, but three, you know, two, three months later, he threatened, give me my money back or I'm calling the bank or what I'm like, exactly. oh, I hate refunds. It's such bullshit. So then I would like, I, I had this incident happen where I went to a, a buy a pair. I was, I was at a Vegas hotel and we needed to shoot videos and we were outside by the pool and it was really bright. So I went to the gift shop to buy sunglasses and uh, the lady, you know, I put on some sunglasses. And I was like, Hey, how do these look? The lady's like, Oh, those look really great. I think you'll, you know, it's great. Whatever. Go buy this. So I buy the sunglasses there and it was, it was at the win in Las mm-hmm. Vegas at the poolside sunglasses shop. Mm-hmm. There are no sunglasses there that are less than like $200. Really? Right? Okay. I mean, well, I'm just saying like, yeah. it, this is a nice high end right. spot. There was no option to just go grab shades at the gas station in this exact right. moment. So I dropped like 200 bucks on these sunglasses. 30 minutes later, my wife sees me and she's like, Jeff, what are you wearing? And I'm like, I have, so here's the deal. I had to buy these sunglasses. Yeah, I know. Maybe they're not perfect. She goes, Jeff, those are women's sunglasses. Like there is no possibility that a man should be wearing those sunglasses. And I was like, son of a bitch. But I can't make myself refund. Hmm. Because if I buy into that, even that concept, what, what, you know, I should have been smarter. I should have known they were women's sunglasses. I should appreciate the salesmanship. I, there was, there's so many ways I can explain the situation to myself, but at the end of the day, I just shouldn't refund on principle. And that's kind of what it made me you think of with you about like, I'm going to donate money to a charity that I don't believe or a cause I don't believe in if I don't go to the gym. Like, you have to take these things to, I think, an extreme mm-hmm. that seems unreasonable to most people. Correct. Yep. And, and, but I think there's, I think actually there's a, some of us that really do. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it, it, for me, it comes from a place of being honest with myself. And I don't mean honest in a judgy way. Like if I look at my past actions and I know that I'm, that, that, that for me, it's constantly get excited, jump into something, quit three months later and try to refund then number one, I have to own my shit. And that's, I, I just have to, I have to own my shit. And number two, I have to know that, that if that's a cycle that I continuously do, then logically I'm gonna have to do something to break that cycle. So right. yeah, so it, it comes from a place of just being honest with myself and saying, do you really ac- wanna accomplish this or not? Yes. What are the steps that you're gonna have to accomplish it? Well, I'm gonna have to be consistent for X amount of, 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 of weeks, months, years. Great, what is the thing that's been keeping you from being consistent? The fact that it's easy for me to back out. Great, put a big barrier there. Yeah. Right, and if that seems extreme to some people, cool, which is by the way why I said I like to get emotional first, because I'm super emotional about something, then it's easier to put that big barrier there and not try to back out, but it's like, crap, the barrier's already there, now I can't back out. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Okay, so let's, let's go with this. This idea of accessing your emotions and using them as energy, using them as, as propulsion. I don't think that's as easy for everyone as it may just sound rolling off the tongue. Um, I actually can personally say I've been to a lot of therapy mm-hmm. and I had to learn to process some stuff that was really hard and sourced back a long time to my childhood and that in very direct, measurable financial ways – 
I've seen massive dividends from just becoming a more emotionally attuned and empathetic person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, it makes perfect sense what you're saying, but how do you, how, how do you see that showing up for people uh, in, with, or do you see it? Am I, am I, am I barking up the wrong tree here? Or is this like a real thing that like the human organic emotional and almost like elemental pain part of our, of us is a huge part of this formula to go do the damn work. Yeah. It, so I, I see it in, 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 I see it every day in every way. So uh, scenario, you're, you're, you're overweight and you're at the, the beach and you're not comfortable with yourself and you are wearing a one piece bikini, a one piece bathing suit and all the rest of your girlfriends are out you know, uh, in their two pieces and something, and you're the one girl in the picture. Like, that's the feeling I'm talking about that you felt before. Or you're at a sales job and, and it's the third month in a row and you're the bottom at the sales rung every month in a row and you're like, son of a crap, why do I suck at this? Then that's the emotion I'm talking about. All I'm, all I'm really saying is, number one, what is that emotion? I, I like to say that that emotion is simply the equivalent of your car's check engine light coming on. It's just a signal that something needs attention. So I don't even look at it as a judgy thing. It's a just, oh, hey, here's a signal that something needs attention, that, that, that something is unfulfilled, or that I want to move in a certain direction and I'm not accomplishing what the inside parts of me want to achieve. Awesome, that's a signal. And when that signal is strong enough, we make it, um, uh, uh, it, we're, we're, it, we're very compelled to take action. So what I'm talking about is number one, recognizing that. And then number two, sometimes as human beings, like have you ever, um, like blown something out of proportion and gotten like overly emotional. We all have, but right. all I'm saying is that there's an element of goodness in that if we use it smartly. Yeah. Yeah, for way. sure. Um, I love that you, you painted those pictures. I've been, I've been the fat kid at the pool as a kid. <laughs> like I totally get it. Um, the fat kid who really, really wanted to play football. So I was surrounded by like the athletic kids and right. it is, dude, that's the stuff that you, you, most of us spend our, our, mo- our, our grown lives trying to suppress or dodge or run away from. And I have found that the more you, you lean into that stuff, the more you do find giant reservoirs of energy. Because mm-hmm. like developmental pain binds so much energy. It's almost like, think about as adults, I think I just stumbled on something here. Tell me if you like this idea. As adults, we're so, we're so uh, enamored with youth, right? Youthful, vibrant beauty and energy. I almost feel like as adults, we spend so much time and energy trying to get, trying to access youth and that vitality. But the, the place in our own bodies where that same energy still lives is the places where it was trapped and bound up by our pain when we were that young. Yeah. That if we'll go tap into dealing with our shit, we'll mm-hmm. find that there's still some of that, that elixir-like young energy bound up in it. Right. Absolutely. And, you know? And, like, you can access, you can get back to having all the same energy and, and, and possibility and innocence and, and future that you had when you were six years old if you'll go deal with shit that happened to you when you were six years old. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's funny, this, because I swear these conversations always turn into, like, you know, this sort of like therapeutic narrative when I get into it with people, isn't it weird how 
these new economy business models so often involve people healing themselves. What, what, did, what did somebody say at FHL? Um, one of the speakers, one of the speaker's husbands says, um, your mess is your message, right? The, the, yeah. So like one of the things that I love doing is I love speaking to like 25 year old skinny guys who suck at dating um, and want to make money online. Like I recently got to speak at a seminar where I was emceeing and uh, the guy was like, the guy knew who I was. He was like, Devon, uh, just take over for the next 30 minutes or an hour and just speak to him. And this was just a, a crowd of 25, this is a crowd of me's from 15 years ago. And, and so to your point about this new economy, like that, your mess, the stuff that's inside of you, um, that, 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 that you've transformed or that transformed you or that, that is absolutely the stuff that you can take in a, and apply in this new economy and, and change lives and change yourself. So a thousand percent. Yes. It's, it's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's so interesting. So, you know, to the, to, to the, to the left brain, you know, I don't know if it'd be red or probably the red personality types out there who are like, this is all great, but like, tell me what to do. Sure. You know? So, so let's talk about, I guess, the, the actual, where the, the, the rubber of transmutation meets the road of the internet or something. I don't know what I'm, what I'm no, That works, though. No, I get where you're going. <laughs> I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Thank you. Thank you. So, so you're like, you know, you and I both started with affiliate marketing. Mm -hmm. I, by the way, I've asked, I, everybody I interview, I ask them where they would start, it, it, you know, knowing that, knowing that now what they, or knowing then what they know now kind of thing. And everybody always says affiliate marketing. Today, it's been 100%. Like Blake Newbar said affiliate marketing, Aaron Parkinson said affiliate marketing, just all these guys I've interviewed. They also like start with affiliate marketing. You don't have to deal with creating your own products. You don't have to deal with supporting your own customers. You can focus on the sales and marketing because those are the actual money skills. Right, right? and the list slash audience building. Yeah, yeah, and then and you can grow your brand through building the relationship with your list, frankly, after they're already of value to you because they're either a lead or possibly a customer. Correct. Um, rather than just going out socially and, and throwing crap out to Instagram when like there's no business there necessarily. Right. right? So what, what do you say to the person or, or maybe what can you share with the person about how, how you actually started? Right. And, and it, it may be a, an updated version of how you started and, you know, based on how things are right now. Yeah. But, you probably had to deal with some stuff then that you wouldn't have to deal with now. I want to talk, yeah, is it fair if I talk about how I would start? Like if I could go back in time and given, or go back, you know, to if I was talking to younger me and younger me was in 2020 or whenever. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, so here's, here's what the first thing I would say is that for me, there was this, this stuff that I was, that I wanted to do, that internally, like I wanted to be into personal development and teach dating and, 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 and that stuff. The stuff that I struggled with was the stuff that I wanted to help others with. And I was terrified of it. And so I went into, all right, let me go into the affiliate MLM biz op world just because I was less scared of that. So the first thing, I didn't know how to kind of combine the two. And so what I would say to myself is first and foremost, step one, be true to what it is that you want to do. And, and, and understand that your heart is telling you what you want to do for a reason. So if inside you're like, I really, uh, I really, really want to get into um, teaching skinny guys how to gain weight, right? If that's what you really, what you really, really want is in your heart, then I want you to start with, I want you to start with that. That's the, the niche or the area that, that, that we're going to get into. The first thing I'm going to say is be honest with regard to what you want to do. Stop 
Don't think, but this is more realistic. Don't think that because you have no clue. Again, I make my living today being MC Ember meets Tony Robbins as an event MC. And in 05, my brain told me that was unrealistic and that my brain was wrong. So step one, understand, be honest about what you want to do. Step number two is I would work on, as far as rubber meets the road, I, will I would build an affiliate funnel. I would find somebody who's got a product in that, in that area that I could sell. Find somebody who I follow or who I like, who's got a message. I would become an affiliate of that person or go to clickbank.com and find a product that have to do with that, that niche. Right. And I would create and I would go get a, a ClickFunnels account or whatever. I would go create an affiliate funnel for that product. And here's what specifically that means. That means a little page that says, hey, are you looking to insert whatever niche here? If you right. are, give me your email address. I'm going to send you some free information. You building that list and building that audience is your most valuable asset. That is a thing. That, that in this world where attention is key, you are building your list, you are building your audience, you are getting attention, and then you will become their quote unquote guru for lack of just a better way of saying it right now. From there, from a monetization perspective, you can introduce them to these other affiliate products because creating a product is a giant pain in the butt. Throwing up an opt-in page is relatively easy. Right. Product and doing customer support and all that crap, that crap is hard, all right? So don't try that at first. Besides the most important thing is the audience. From there, um, well, as far as driving traffic, uh, there's a million different ways to drive traffic, but I would send traffic to that page, build my list, and then offer them affiliate products. But what I'm doing is I'm building this list or this audience inside of this niche that I know that I'm genuinely interested in, that I love, that I get excited about working on every single day, that I get excited about sharing content with every single day. You know, it's interesting what you said. You talked about starting with your, your kind of your, your passion or your heart's call or your, your, your authentic song, right? You've used some different language for it, right. um, which is interesting because, you know, you see the guys on Shark Tank or let's say, and they're like, you know, no, no, you're, who cares what your passion is? You know, it, it's about the business and the market and the supply and demand and blah, 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 <laughs> right? They're like super kind of almost cold about it. Right. They like to splash water on people's, people's passions. And I like the way you said it, and I want to I want to kind of hit hit it back to you and tell me if you agree with it. That it's 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 not a, it's not as black and white as those two positions kind of like to make it seem. Correct. But at the end of the day, starting with your passion is a really great strategy because it means you're hooking your your jumper cables up to the biggest battery that you have, mm -hmm. which is inc which is increasing the probability that you're going to stay with it for the long haul and mm -hmm. do the work when it's hard. Mm -hmm. so that's good strategy. But then starting with your passion, it's not about going, okay, I'm going to go sell the market my passion. Right. Because your passion may or may not be good business. Correct. Exactly. But it's about identifying where your passion can have impact mm -hmm. and then figuring out what that group of people want mm -hmm. and selling that to start. Right. Infilt so, so then you can get them on your list and you can infiltrate. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's black ops one-on-one infiltrate and then convert. Exactly. I am passionate about personal development, right? But it is harder to sell personal development than it is to sell how to build an online business. Correct. I blended the two, mm -hmm. but I didn't put them together right in equal places in the funnel. Right. My front end offer is, yeah, it's like, Oh, this has helped me change my life. This has helped me transform, but it's all about skills tactics, business, websites, 
marketing, get in and then let me show you all the other ways that this can transform your relationships, your communication, your parenting, your physical health. Right. Um, right? Yeah, so you just like, that's like a total home run. So like, if I'm talking to me personally, what I probably would have done is uh, get into, and I need you to hear me on this. So get into the dating world where I was like, I actually was working on this book. It's like called How I Went From Four Dates a Year to Four Dates a Week. And, um, but once somebody gets into that world, which is something, it's something I know that the market will pay money for, right? Something that's proven, something that is an area with a bunch of different affiliate products that that world is, I know it's monetizable from what the Shark Tank people were saying. However, but my real passion is transforming the lives of young men so that they don't have to, you know, because, but if I come at this with, hey, are you a young man between the ages of 25 and 30 and you want to transform your life and da, 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 that might not be monetizable. But understanding what that guy wants, one of the things he wants, and starting with that, and then once he's on my list, saying, hey, I know, hey, Devon here, thanks for opting in. Here's a link to go buy the product that's going to teach you how to get a bunch of dates. But let me ask you a question. What else do you want? And yeah. then I can go from there, totally. right? So, this, so like you said, it's not black and white. It's not either my passion or this thing I have to mind. And by the way, one of the biggest mistakes I made was that looking at it like you just said. Back in 0102, I was looking at it as an either or, and I didn't realize that it could be an and both. And, and I actually think that the biz op make money online industry is probably populated and, and dare I even say littered with the broken souls of people who thought it was an either or. Yeah. Oh, and God, yes. actually realized that it could be both. Right. And so they long ago left aside the idea that there was some impact they were going to have in the world and it became only about making money. Correct. And, and it's hopefully there's, hopefully they all see this video by the way. Yes. Right? And, and if I can be completely honest and transparent, I, real, like just a hundred percent real talk. I am at a place right now in my life where I've been doing the biz out, make money affiliate marketing stuff for so long that I figured out how to make it work and it makes me pretty good money as it sits right now at the number two product on ClickBank. Um, that's a really big deal, by the way, for anybody watching this. Let's say that a little bit again, because I know you're kind of humble, but I'm not going to let you be. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, so um, ClickBank is, is the biggest affiliate marketplace out there where people put their products on and yeah. hopes that other people would find it and sell it. My product is currently the number two product on ClickBank in the make money online space. And I would argue that the number one product above me is the product that ClickBank itself owns. So I'm right. pretty sure I'm actually number one because yeah. they just won't give me that spot. Um, and so that's a big deal, but, it, but here's what I was going to say. I am to the point where I make good money in that, in the make money online biz op space. I've been doing this for almost 20 years. Um, but here's the thing. Do you know what my focus is right now? My focus right now is doing the best I can in this make money online biz op space so that I've got the money to go do what I'm telling you to do now. Huh? come from that perspective of starting with your heart first and then because I already know what that looks like for me. And, uh, and it's like, okay, well, this is now my opportunity to, to, to go back and not to go back, but to just from where I am, do it again. And so real talk, like I love the, the make money biz op stuff. I do. I'm good at it. I help a lot of people with it. And I created a system that I wish somebody had created for me umpteen years ago. Mm -hmm. and, and it's great. But like, as far as, me going back to what I said earlier is like your your job is to sing your sing the song that's inside of you. 
that's still what I'm doing right now. I'm still focusing on seeing the song that's inside of me. But so. you know, it's interesting because somebody has to write the books. Like some, somebody has to be Ernest Hemingway. Somebody has to be James Joyce. Somebody has to be William Faulkner. But somebody also has to teach the alphabet. Right. Teach grammar. That's true. Somebody has to be the kindergarten teacher. And I think that, you know, it's you're, what you're describing is like, it, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty and blah, blah, blah. But like the reality is you had to learn how to do these things. Mm-hmm. I did. Because having a strong passion doesn't mean shit. Correct. Without the skills. Correct. And the fact that you have the number two product on ClickBank or, you know, arguably <clears throat> the number one Cough, uh, yeah. means you've learned a hell of a lot of skills, like a ridiculous number of skills to where, look, now you've basically got, you know, I don't know if you call them superpowers or magical powers, but like you can go touch things and turn it into gold. Correct. You could probably go build a, a, a funnel now or a product and know how to monetize the data and hook in the upsell and do all this wizardry. You could probably make a product now out of like how to build a, a you know, a, a, a model airplane out of toothpicks mm-hmm. and, and actually make a real business out of it because right. you just learned so many skills over the last 20 years. And so that's what I want to keep grounding people to is like, it's not an either or conversation. It's a both conversation. Right. It's an and Nurture both. your passion. Always be trying to weave your passion into your business, mm-hmm. but also be like the guys on Shark Tank and be ruthlessly calculating with yourself mm-hmm. about doing shit that makes money. Yes. Yeah. Be, be both. Yeah. No, it, yeah, it's definitely an and both. And, and, yeah, the, 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 Shark Tank, the Shark Tank guys are not all wrong. Uh, and the only thing I would say is that where we're, they're missing the boat in this new age economy, in this new economy that you're talking about, is that the truth be told, you can, and the businesses they deal with are a little bit different than, right. than, than a lot of stuff we're talking about. But the truth of the matter is that you can absolutely have both. Don't get so caught up with your passion and think that it has to be this way. Number one, the market will tell you what they want to buy and get right. good at selling. Like I can turn anything, as you said, into money right now because I've got the skill set to turn anything into money. So I know how to find a passion and then turn it into money because I also focused on the money and not just the fact that I love. So yeah. Right, right. So I think the, the and by the way, I hope that we do this again. Absolutely. And I hope that we do this as like a series because I, I feel like I could talk to you for like eight hours. Yeah, I know, bro. It's like the time is flying by. I feel like that would hurt me in the algorithm because people would get tired after like two hours and then yeah. YouTube would be like, yeah, nobody watched the last six hours of the video. So <laughs> I suspect you have like other things to do. I do. I got to travel tomorrow. But I, I just want to ask you one question to kind of wrap us up here. Um, you have the number two product on ClickBank. Correct. You've made millions of dollars in affiliate marketing. Correct. You've created your own products, which involves stitching together a whole other set of skills and, you know, you know, design and copywriting and sales psychology and, you know, content delivery and being, you know, organizing content and delivering it, teaching it well. And so many skills that go into creating a product, right? You're also an MC. Like you've, you've developed, you know, all these skills, but you started by telling me, or, or early on, you told me that you're bad at technology. Yes. Yes. Okay. To this day. Reconcile that for me. You're tw- it's 20 years later and you're saying you're still bad at technology. Yeah, so fun fact. How'd you I, do all this stuff? Yeah. So two things. I use Microsoft Word for everything. Like, so, so I own my suck is what I like to call it. Mm. Like I own my suck. Like Devon, what do you suck at? I suck at art and drawing. 
I own my suck. I'm not going to sit there and try to, right? I suck at technology. I, I'm working on a requirements document for my programmer, and the requirements document is text boxes in Microsoft Word. See, Devon, but they make software that you can use as a flow chart. I'm like, uh-uh, leave me alone. I know how to use text boxes in Microsoft Word. That's what I, so here's the thing. I, I own my suck. I know what I suck at, right? And then what I say is, okay, I suck at this. And by the way, I don't beat myself up for sucking at something. I'm gangster as hell on the dance floor. That yeah. like, I, okay. And so I'm gonna appreciate the fact that I'm gangster on the dance floor and horrible with regard to PHP. That's just how I was made. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Um, so I'm great at understanding the vision of what I want it to look like. And so what I did, what I continue to do this to this day is I just go find people who are good at where I suck, right? I go find the people who are as good as PHP or, or, or MySQL or whatever. I'm saying words that might not right. even be a thing anymore. Um, that, <laughs> that are as good as that as I am on the dance floor. And I explain my vision to them. And so what I did was uh, in 2007, I think, yeah, 2007, I put an ad on Craigslist that says, hey, I'm looking to create a website that does this. And I link to a website that is what I wanted to model. Okay. Remember, go find the smart person, yep. cheat off the test. And I said, here's what I wanted to do. A, B, C, D, and E. My understanding is that I'm going to need a programmer who has one, two, three, four, five skills. I don't have a lot of money. I'm assuming the, the average price for this gig would be $10,000. I've got 2000. I can give you a thousand now. I can give you a thousand on completion and I can give you 10% of everything we make. Hmm. That guy now owns 25% of my company 13 years later. Wow. It builds everything for me because I don't know how and I'm never going to learn. And 2007, you did that? 2007, I did that. And when did you say you started making money? Um, 2000, the first time I ever made some decent money was like around 08. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. So you, so you made no money or, or, or not enough money to probably reasonably correlate to the time you were spending. Like Correct. Yes. Off flipping burgers yes 2001 to 2007 mm -hmm. then you then you actually put it you owned your suck mm -hmm. put an ad out you threw you threw some shit out there that may have sounded crazy like i'm an, I'm, I'm offering equity in a thing that doesn't exist for a guy that's You're gonna have to build and i can't pay right and within 12 months you started making good money yeah matter of fact that i only got because it was so specific i only got four people responded to that ad and the very first guy I called i quote unquote hired i should say partnered with right because it was that that's how I do everything like when what I want your, what does your life look like if you don't place that ad um that's a great question um I to, here's a funny thing to be honest with you I, if I don't place it when you ask about the ad where my brain goes to was Devon would you have found another way to do it with what is your ad what does your life look like if you don't become the person that places that ad I'm 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 doing high ticket phone sales and I'm making okay money because I'm good at high ticket phone sales. I'm doing high ticket phone sales for some internet marketer full time. You're basically squeezing juice out of your personality. Right. No leverage applied. Say again? You're squeezing the juice out of your personality, but right. you have no leverage in doing so. But I have no leverage in doing so. Correct. You're yeah. That's, your that's personality for money times time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. If I'm, you don't I'm, place that out, if you don't become the guy that owns his suck, Mm -hmm. takes a chance you, did you feel a little bit silly placing that ad like like oh like there's qualified people that are going to laugh at me for offering two grand for a ten thousand dollar gig 
I'll be honest with you. I was too dumb to know that, which is a blessing. I was too dumb to know that I should have felt any kind of way about it. You know, I shouldn't feel any kind of way about it. Like it's, I'm going to tell you one thing that I've learned in life. And, and I think this stops so many people. I think that's a great question, by the way. I think, I think the question that you asked is, 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 is perfect. Um, yeah, the question that you asked is absolutely perfect. I didn't know I wasn't telling myself a story around placing that ad other than I don't know what else to do, so this just makes the most sense. Why'd you wait six years? Um, ego was probably the biggest reason. The, my biggest challenge was that I excelled in school so well that I mm -hmm. thought that things would just come naturally and easily to me in the entrepreneur world. Um, which is not how it works, by the way. I thought because I graduated college at 20 years old, I was the smartest person ever. And it took me a while. And, 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 and entrepreneurialism humbled me to mm -hmm. say, Devon, you can't get by in this real world life of being an entrepreneur the same way you got by, you know, studying for tests at the last minute after being at the club till two o'clock in the morning. These are not the same. Right. So, yeah. Huh. Very cool, man. Very cool. Well, like I said, I feel like we could keep going, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I think release us both to do our other things with our days, but let's plan on a part two at some point. Absolutely, brother. It's my, it's been my pleasure. I've enjoyed this thoroughly. Yeah, me, me too. And, and I, I know that my, uh, your entre nation, you guys, like you can tell, you can see why I wanted to have this conversation with Devon for all to hear. Um, what a, what a, just an inspirational person partly because of what he's done, but mostly because of just who he is and, and how he is. And, and, you know, he showed up, he shows up the same here that he did on stage at Funnel Hacking Live, just with like less special effects and pomp. And <laughs> but it, it's a, you know, I think we, we, you can learn a lot just from observing people. Um, and I've learned, I've learned a lot here. If people want to learn more and observe you more, uh, again, not in a weird way, because as we've established, nobody really stalks you online. It's like the world's too big and everybody's too busy. Exactly. <laughs> But really, where would they go? How do people get to know more Devon? So, yeah. So, the first thing is just check out DevonBrown.com. That's D-E-V-O-N-B-R-O-W-N.com. DevonBrown.com. And then the second thing is, that, you know, if you're a newbie affiliate marketer and you're like, I really want to learn this affiliate thing, you can check out 12-Minute Affiliate. That's like the number 12-Minute Affiliate. Um, and, and either of those two, you'll just be able to so, jump into my world. Well, let me tell you exactly what's going to happen now is I'm going to put together a very, very simple study in affiliate marketing. And I'm going to go into my ClickBank account and I'm going to grab my link for 12minuteaffiliate.com in the description below this video. And now we have demonstrated how to get started. That's exactly right. Lives, right. Exactly. And this is free to do. Yeah, so. exactly. Cool. Cool. Well, dude, thanks. Thanks so much, man. And, um, or I hope your travels are safe tomorrow and to the entre nation out there who's watched this. I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have. Uh, what a great, privilege to get to hear from someone like Devon. Um, and if you, this is your first time seeing my channel, uh, this is what it's all about. It's like, I'm not just going to tell you what this stuff can do for your life. I'm going to, I've made it my mission to show you, to prove it to you beyond a reasonable doubt, to let you hear it, not just from me, but from other amazing people like Devon. Uh, Jeff, man, it was my honor, my pleasure. And Andre Nation, you guys go keep rocking, keep listening to Jeff. He is the man. Thank you so much for having me, brother. Hey, thanks, man. Take care. All right. You just finished this episode of The Jeff Lerner Show. Thanks for listening. 
If you enjoyed the show, please like and share this episode and do leave us a review. Let us know how we impacted you today. Your next step toward creating your awesome life is to join me and thousands of others in the Entre Nation community where you'll receive free training, networking with other awesome life seekers, access to live events, discounts, merchandise, and other awesome perks. Head over to www.entrenation.com. That is www.entrenation.com and join us today. And of course, do please follow me on social media. I can be found on all the major social networks at Jeff Lerner Official. Thank you again for listening and please go be awesome.